I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors, narrators, and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. Today's guest is not only one of my favorite authors, she's also one of the greatest ambassadors for our community. She works tirelessly to lift others up, and it's an honor to speak with her again. Jay, welcome and thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me, and hi, everyone. (laughs) Your latest Bachelorette number 12 was released on January 10th. Tell us about Regina and Ellie. Yeah, so Bachelorette number 12 has a medical setting. It's set in the ER. So Ellie and Regina are co-workers. Regina is a doctor and Ellie works as a nurse. And Regina, yeah, she's the typical ice queen. I mean, her name, Regina, already means queen. So, of course, she had to be an ice queen. (laughs) And she is very competent at her job and she knows it. Um, She's prickly and arrogant and all the other things we enjoy about ice queens. And her attitude towards love is that it's... A sentimental thing that has absolutely no place in the ER, while Ellie, the nurse character, is the complete opposite. She's kind-hearted and warm and a people person, but she's also fierce. She doesn't let get uh, Regina get away with anything, um, so they clash quite often at work. Um, the, the book basically starts already with a situation like that when Ellie is trying to put up decorations for Valentine's Day in the ER to cheer up their colleagues who have to work Valentine's Day and to cheer up their patients. But of course, Regina is not having it and uh, doesn't want that sentimental stuff in the ER. And it's great you have some old friends in this book. Yeah. As I most often do in my in my books, I love giving readers a climbs of characters from previous books. So in this one, the characters from my Fair Oaks series are making an appearance. Um, Ashley and Sasha from um, Not a Marrying Kind and also Leo and Holly from Perfect Rhythm. I love that because it's almost like it's a big hug to readers when authors do that. It's like, hey, I know how much you love these characters. Let's bring them back and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you haven't read those books, it's not like you won't understand it. It's always just it makes the people more three-dimensional because, of course, like everyone, they also have friends and acquaintances and they meet other people. So I figure why not make them characters from my books? Um, And it's like sharing an inside joke with my readers. And you said it in Kansas City, which is not far from me, and shout out to Missouri. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Regina is the classic ice queen, as you said. What is the appeal for you of writing an ice queen character? I think there are many different approaches to writing ice queens. Um, I don't know who came up with it, but there's like the Lee Winter scale of how I see the ice queens are. And my approach is that my ice queens are never mean just for the sake of being mean. They don't enjoy tearing other people down to feel superior or anything like that. Uh, My approach is to make them very complex people with a lot of layers. And that prickly, icy outer layer is mostly developed as a protective measure to protect that softer inner core. And for me, the fun of writing an ice queen is slowly peeling back those outer layers and revealing that softer side, but only to that one special character, not to the rest of the world. They remain an ice queen for the rest of the world. That's right. They only are thawed by the the person they're meant to be with who comes along and sees that 
they do have that softer inner chord. They don't just judge them. Yeah. This book hits a lot of tropes. As a writer and reader, what are your favorites and which are your least favorite? Oh, I have a lot of favorites. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I like fake relationship romances. I think I have five of them. <laughs> Bachelorette number 12 is not a fake relationship romance, but it hits pretty much all of my other favorites. I mean, the medical setting, I have, I think, written three of the medical romances because I think there's something about that heightened emotion, especially in these life or death situations in the ER, um, that produces heightened emotions and that fits very well with a romance. It's also Enemies to Lovers, which I love to write because it's such fun when two people reluctantly fall in love and they they don't even want to like each other, but they yeah slowly start to realize, ah, oh, maybe they don't hate each other after all. So that was a lot of fun to write. Let's see. And also one of my all-time favorites that is a good fit with pretty much every other trope is Opposites Attract. I think I have that in most of my romances, um, throwing together two people who couldn't be more opposite of each other in some way, like Crumpy or Sunshine or Ice Queen and, and the warmer character, because those differences, not only do they make for very hilarious situations and a lot of fun banter, which I also love to write, but they also, these differences also are a, a good catalyst um, for change because they are introduced to a completely different worldview, a different attitude towards life, and that causes them to change and to become more fully rounded and well-balanced characters in the end and makes them happier as human beings. That's something that I really enjoy. I don't think most people want to date someone who's just like them. Because not that I'm not awesome, but I don't want to date myself. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there, there always needs to be, usually even two people who are opposites in, in a lot of aspects, They, I think what they do need to have in common is, is certain core values. If everything is different, they don't have a common basis to, to stand on. But oftentimes they don't realize how similar they are in some ways while being completely different in others. So... Yeah, I think it needs to be both. Now that this book has been released, what do you have planned to write next? Right now, I'm still working on extending a short story that I wrote for the Sephic Book Advent Calendar. That is um, a short story based on Departure from the Script, a previous novel of mine. And I'm extending the short story a little bit um, because my publisher wants to publish it, I think in May. And once I wrap up the short story, the next longer work I, I'm writing is um, the next book in the Shapeshifter Roman series. The series started with Second Nature. And in the last book, True Nature, the shapeshifters revealed their secret existence to the human public towards the end of the book. So we don't know, know yet what happened to the shapeshifters. How does the world look now, now that everyone knows that shapeshifters exist? And so I think there's still a lot to be told in that series. Yeah, so the next one is probably going to be a shapeshifter novella. And I'm saying probably because, uh, yeah, it often happens when I set out to write a short story or shorter work that the characters kind of grab my attention in a way that I realize uh, it's going to be a 120,000 word novel and not a novella. <laughs> so who knows what happens. I can tell you that I've read all the Shapeshifter books and it's not something I would normally read. So 
that's just a tribute to how good of a writer you are that I was in, totally engrossed in all of those. Yeah, I always say shapeshifters are just people too, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah, they are all romances at the core, um, even my historical fiction or my paranormal fiction, it's all romance. And um, I, I hear that a lot from people who say, I don't normally like speculative fiction or paranormal fiction, but um, I enjoy those. So yeah, I think it's because they're all romances. Exactly. And because you're so good. I mean, let's just be honest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Worth the Wait, a short story featuring Jill and Crash from Just Physical, is one very sexy story. Aside from that, which scene do you think is the sexiest you've written? That's a tough pick. Um, I recently reread all of my sex scenes um, because one of the categories in my book bingo is explicit consent. And so I read all of my sex scenes again to see, okay, which ones actually have explicit consent, but it's explicit in dialogue. And so I have all of my love scenes relatively present in mind. It's a tough pick, but I would say just physical has a lot of sexy love scenes. I think that book in general is a little steamier than some of my others. And that's because, I mean, chill is a character she lives with MS and she made that decision she can't be in a relationship because she's afraid she's going to end up as a burden to a potential partner. And so the only thing she does allow herself is that one one night stand or they think it's just going to be one <laughs> with crash. And so I think that that assumption, okay, this might be the last time in her life that she gets to have sex with someone that that makes it really more passionate. Mm -hmm. So that is someone that's one scene that stands out to me. And if I can mention a second one, one I also really like is the first love scene in um, Not the Marrying Kind, when Ashley and Sasha are invited to like a bachelorette vacation. It's not just a bachelorette party and they have to share a bed and then end up making love. And that one stands out to me because Ashley is really closeted and she only ever had one relationship with a woman before. And that was with a woman who is asexual. So she never before had that experience of what it feels like to be deeply desired by someone else. And that makes the love scene really extra passionate between them. Yeah, they had a lot of pent up stuff going on mm -hmm. too. It, it was it was lingering for a long time when they actually yeah. finally got to the business. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you had the chance to write a story featuring two of your couples and two couples from another author... Which four couples would you choose and why? It's a horrible question. I know it's very difficult. <laughs> it's the most difficult thing is thinking, oh my God, four couples, that's eight characters. <laughs> that's a lot, you know, like that's a lot of people. And to kind of tie it all together in a story that makes sense. But let's see, as the first couple, I would pick uh, Regina and Ellie from Bachelorette number 12, simply because I love that dynamic and I'm not quite ready to let go of them. So they would be my, my starting couple. Um, and because they are both medical professionals, that would lead me to the second couple. And I think I would uh, pick a couple from a, another author, Rebecca and Sabine, or as we call, the, call her name in Germany, um, Sabine, from Ask Tell by A.J. Noyes, because that book is one of my It definitely makes the top three of my all-time favorites. And it really fits in well with Ellie and Regina because um, Sabine and uh, Rebecca are also medical professionals. So if I had to put them into the same story, I would have Rebecca and Sabine start working in the same hospital because now they are civilians and then they could <laughs> go work somewhere else. And as the third couple, I would pick 
Elizabeth and Summer from Breaking Character by Lee Winter for the same reason as I would pick Rebecca and Sabine because Breaking Character is also one of my all-time favorites. I reread it twice or even three times last year. So, <laughs> And they are actresses. And in Breaking Characters, um, when we first meet them, they are starring in a medical TV show, more like a soap opera. And so I would put them in the story and have them be on a research mission um, to research the medical profession for their role in the medical TV show and um, would have them follow the doctors and nurses around, shadowing them for research. And the fourth couple, I would pick Amanda and Michelle from my novel, Departure from the Script, because that's one of my steamier novels too, now that I think of it. I would pick them because Amanda is also an actress and they could shoot a crossover between the medical show that the characters from Breaking Characters are featured in and um, the crime show that Amanda is starring in, in Departure from the Script. That's brilliant. That's yeah. amazing. You really need to get with EJ and Lee and work this out. <laughs> that would be, I would read that because those, those are two of my favorite books of all time, Ask Tell and yeah. Breaking Character. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Last year's Just a Touch Away featured a character who has aphantasia, the inability to form mental images, which you also have. Representation matters, and I'm sure it meant a lot to you to highlight something so personal. Did you have a lot of readers who have aphantasia reach out to you? Yeah, I heard from both people who already had encountered that term and that concept and were like, oh, me too, I have that too. But even more than that, I heard from maybe 15 or so readers who read the book and were like, there's a word for that. Other people have that too. Because let's face it, aphantasia as a concept is maybe 10 years old or so, not much older than that, maybe 10, 12 years. And most people have never heard of it, even people who have it. And I even had people who were like, um, wait, you mean to tell me that other people see images in their mind? That's not just a figure of speech, which I also assumed for a long time. I assumed that when you say stuff like counting sheep, you don't really see sheep in your mind. I thought people were going like, I'm going one sheep, two sheep, but there's no little fluffy animals in my mind jumping across I don't know, offense or something like that. <laughs> and it was very mind-boggling to me to learn, okay, people are really seeing images when they're reading my books. It creates an entire video or, I don't know, an entire movie in their minds. And some people hear the dog barking or whatever I'm describing. Some people, if I if I write about cheesecake, um, they are tasting the cheesecake. And yeah, it was really mind-boggling for me to, to make that discovery that people have that rich inner life that I don't have. And I know that a lot of my readers um, made the same realization when they read Just a Touch Away that they realize, oh my God, that's what I have to. Yeah, it's something I'd never even really been aware of. So it was kind of educational for me just to learn more about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I studied psychology and I only knew that I found um, any kind of meditation, guided meditation, imagine yourself at the beach. I found that very annoying, but I never could figure out why it doesn't work for me. Like what's so annoying about thinking of a beach? Because for me, it's more of a word bubble and it doesn't come with sound or images or the feeling of warm sand beneath my feet. So I couldn't figure out what was so relaxing about it. So yeah, I think it's interesting how we always assume that everyone is the same and every brain works the same when that's not true at all. What kind of ice cream do you have in your freezer right now? You are well known for your ice cream love. Yeah, 
And you might not believe me, but I don't have any ice cream in my freezer right now. Not at all. What's going on? Yeah. Are you okay? Do we need to send help? <laughs> I often don't have ice cream in my freezer. I would say, hmm, maybe 10 days out of the year I have ice cream in my freezer. Because if it's there, I'm eating it. That's the problem. I usually always have ice cream when I have a, a book out um, because I celebrate with ice cream. But this time I was too busy. This week was so busy, I couldn't even pick up ice cream. So instead of ice cream, I had a banana bread that my sister dropped off and celebrated with banana bread. Well, that's that's nice, but ice cream is so much better. I will kind of do it maybe next week when it things calm down a little. Yeah. You really need to. I've been sick for like weeks. My comfort is rainbow sherbet. <laughs> <laughs> If you're sick, you can even pretend it's medicine. Well, I did. I think I had it for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like four, <laughs> four or five days. And uh -huh. I get like a giant ice cream cone, not the little bitty ones, but like a big cone. And I just clomp it in there. <laughs> If you could take a road trip with three other sapphic authors, who would you choose and why? The first one is, is very easy because we have been on road trips together. I would pick Chrisette. She's a fellow German, a fellow Ilva author, and um, very easy to get along with. Whenever we see each other, we, we have missed appointments because we were sitting in the hotel room just talking. <laughs> so that would be a good person to take on a road trip. And the other two, and of course I have to take them both, would be um, T.B. Markinson and Miranda McLeod. Because I think they would fit in really nicely with Chris and with me. They're both very kind and very down-to-earth and easygoing and have a great sense of humor. And yeah, I probably would drive farther than we would have to because we are missing um, the right exit because we are talking so much. So I, I think they would, all three of them would be really good road trip companions. No, they would. And you can't take TB without Miranda. They're like a package pair. Like I've met yeah. them, all three of them at GCLS. And TB and Miranda can f finish each other's sentences. Yeah. Like they are totally on the same wavelength. Yeah. And they both lo like road trips. I mean, they in their newsletters, they describe their road trips. And so I know that TB enjoys them. Yeah. And Chris has a camper. So they, it's a perfect trio for a road trip. Yeah. Wow. You're totally set. You <laughs> should work on making that happen. Yeah. Aside from reading, what do you do to relax? Well, too little, I would say. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a workaholic, I have to say. I, Especially last year, I worked too much and relaxed too little. So that's one of my resolutions for 2024, to take more time away from the writing and publishing world. Yeah, what do I do? My main hobby is still reading, but beside that, um, I really love TV shows, even more so than movies, because... Especially if it's a show where we're getting more of than one season. It has more room for character development. And it's a plus if they're sapphic characters. I enjoy card games and board games with my friends. Uh, what else do I do? I like hiking and taking walks. I live at the edge of a city where there's a lake nearby and a river nearby. And I take walks sometimes with an audiobook. And I have a geeky hobby. I collect fountain pens and inks. I have two drawers of inks, and um, swapping the ink samples is super relaxing for me. Mm -hmm. You wrote a book about stationery stuff. She shares that <laughs> hobby. Yeah. I'm definitely not the only one. A lot of authors have a thing about stationery and notebooks, and some share my fountain pen hobby. So what do you watch on TV? What are your favorite TV shows? We just finished the last episode of For All Humankind. It's really, I think it's a, is it a fourth season already? 
Really brilliant. It does have a sapphic character, but she's not in this season. Really great female characters, which if a, a show doesn't have great female characters, I can't watch it. Then the, the other one I enjoyed last year was Deadlock. It's a, how to describe it? It's a, I think it's a set in Tasmania. It's a murder mystery slash comedy um, with two female leads. And one of them is Sapphic. So that was brilliant. Yeah, I think those were my, my favorites last year. Yeah, we just started Deadlock. It's, it definitely mm-hmm. is a quirky, quirky show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure I would enjoy it because the humor takes some getting used to, but I, I completely was in love with it after 10 minutes. So it's definitely recommended. How did your sapphic book bingo get started? Um, this year is the six-year-long reading challenge that I'm running. And the first one started in, I think it was 2018. That was the lesbian book bingo uh, that year. Since then, I've renamed it. So this one's reading challenge is the sapphic book bingo because I realized, well, calling it lesbian book bingo doesn't really represent all the characters, all the authors, all the readers that are involved. So sapphic is a lot more inclusive. So I like that term better. How did it get started Back then, I realized there are so many reading challenges and and towards the beginning of the year, everyone is uh, talking about what reading challenge they are doing, but they are all for MF, Romance readers, mainstream genres, and there was nothing that was just for sapphic books. I mean, some of the reading challenges had sapphic books or LGBT books as one little category of 50, but I wanted something that was just for sapphic books and there wasn't anything. So I thought, okay, uh, maybe it would be fun to run a reading challenge like that. So I created one and it was so popular with readers that I since then have done it except for one year uh, where I needed to take a break. I've done it every year since then. How much time do you spend getting this all going? Oh my God, hundreds of hours. (laughs) It's one of the reasons, not just the book bingo, but all the community events that I'm running, like the book advent calendar that is super popular and hundreds of hours, I would guess like 120 hours or so at least. It's such a huge event, like 500 authors submitted their books and I have to fit them into the categories and figure out how it all fits. So it's, it's a huge endeavor. I think what you do for this community is so profound and it's something that I don't think that you give yourself enough credit for, but we all appreciate everything you do so very much. Thank you. I mean, that's the reason why I switched from writing in German to writing in English, because there wasn't any community. And I promised myself very early on, if I ever have the opportunity to give back to the community, that I would do it. And that's something that is very important to me. So I think it's, yes, I could maybe write another book in that time and make more money, but money isn't everything. And this is another way to give back to the community. So it's important to me. I appreciate you very, very much. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. And I hope we'll do it again real soon. I hope so too. Thank you much. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks again to Jay for joining me today. Be sure to pick up a copy of her latest Bachelorette number 12, available right now at the other website or on Amazon. To support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sapphiclaura. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, happy sapphic reading.